Welcome to Practical Wisdom, a weekly podcast about ancient Greco-Roman philosophy. I am your host, Massimo Pigliucci. By way of introduction, this is a new weekly podcast series which will focus on selected writings from the ancient Greeks and Romans, aiming at extracting from them general wisdom and practical guidance useful for life in the 21st century. The first series of the podcast, beginning with this episode, alternates among five works, Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics, Cicero's Tuscan Disputations, Epictetus's Discourses, Epicurus's Being Happy, that is, his letters and aphorisms, and Plato's early Socratic dialogues, Ion, Lachis, Lysis, Carmides, Ippias Mayer, Ippias Minor, and Eutydemus. Future series, if produced, will tackle additional ancient works from the Greco-Roman canon. Today's reading is from Epictetus, Discourses 111 to 116. Quote, Generally speaking, you'll find no faculty that has the ability to examine itself, and therefore none that has the ability to assess itself and see whether or not it's acceptable. Take a grammar. How far does its power of examination extend? Only as far as making decisions about writing. What about musicology? Only as far as making decisions about tunes. So does either of them contemplate itself? Certainly not. Now, if you're writing to a friend, grammar will tell you how best to express yourself, but it won't tell you whether or not you should be writing to your friend. It's the same with musicology and tunes. It won't tell you whether now is the time for you to be singing and playing the lyre, or whether at this moment you should be neither singing nor playing the lyre. Which faculty, then, will give you this information? The one that examines both itself and everything else. And which is that? The faculty of reason, because it's the only one we've been granted that considers both itself, what it is, what's capable of, what value it comes with, and all the other faculties. What else is it that tells you that gold is beautiful? It isn't the gold itself. It must be the faculty that makes use of impressions. Is there anything else that decides about musicology, grammar, and all the other faculties, that assesses their uses and shows when it's the right time for them. No, there is not. Unquote. Reason is the fundamental human ability at the heart of all of philosophy, at least as conceived within the Greco-Roman tradition that provided the framework for our modern understanding of what philosophy is. A philosopher who does not argue by reasoning through things can be said not to argue at all, and perhaps even not to be doing philosophy. This centrality of reason was even more obvious for the Stoics, who thought that there are two characteristics that define human beings as a species, our ability to reason and our propensity to live in highly structured societies. Which is why for the Stoics, to live according to nature meant to live rationally and prosocially. The passage we just read fittingly begins the discourses, one of two works that describe the philosophy of the late first century Stoic Epictetus, the other work being his famous Enchiridion, or Manual. Neither the Discourses nor the Enchiridion were written by Epictetus. Rather, they were authored by one of Epictetus's brilliant students, Arian of Nicomedia. Arian went on to become governor of the province of Cappadocia under the emperor Adrian, and later on wrote a biography of Alexander the Great. But let's get back to the text itself. 
Epictetus is making a distinction between two different classes of what he calls faculties. On the one hand, reason. On the other hand, pretty much everything else. Take his example of grammar. He explains what grammar is for, to allow us to write or speak in a way that is comprehensible to other human beings. However, grammar by itself is silent on whether we should write or speak this thing or that one. How then do we make that all-important decision? By using reason. The saying goes with the study of music. Its purpose is to allow us to play well an instrument. But again, music doesn't tell us which instrument we should play or which tune. What allows us to make that decision? Again, reason. It begins to look like reason is special, and what makes it special is that, unlike other faculties or types of study, it can apply to itself. In modern terms, we would say that reason is a recursive faculty. That is, we can reason about our own reasoning, thus continuously improving it. We can't do that with any other faculty, but all other faculties are subject to the scrutiny of reason. The modern Stoic author Larry Baker, in his book entitled A New Stoicism, uses precisely this special recursive feature of reason to propose a new updated theory of virtue and character. Check it out if you're so inclined. Epictetus concludes the above passage by mentioning gold. There are certain facts about gold that we can discover by observation. It is a metal, it has an atomic number of 79, a density of 19.3 grams per cubic centimeter, and only one stable isotope, gold-197, among other properties. But is gold beautiful and therefore valuable? Those are not objective characteristics of gold itself. They are the result of human judgments and therefore subject to reason. This is one of the most powerful, useful, and yet somehow controversial insights of Epictetus, the clear separation about facts about the world on the one hand and our judgments of those facts on the other hand. The things I just said about gold, including its atomic number, density, and so forth, are mind-independent facts, meaning that they would be true even if there were no human beings in the universe capable of understanding them. Contrast that with a statement like, gold is beautiful. Beautiful according to whom? Following which criteria? Some people would agree that gold is indeed beautiful. Others will not care a bit for the metal. And it would definitely be the case that if there were no humans or similar beings in the cosmos, there would be no talk of beauty, which, after all, is in the eyes of the beholder. Why is this important, philosophically speaking? Because it is at the roots of Epictetus' famous fundamental rule of life, sometimes referred to as the dichotomy of control. Epictetus claims that some things are up to us and some are not, and that a good life is the result of focusing on what is up to us while developing an attitude of equanimity concerning what is not up to us. And guess what? Facts about the world are not up to us, but judgments about those facts, which then lead us to act or not to act in certain ways, are indeed up to us. Think about that and see what difference this important notion may make in your own life. Thank you for listening to Practical Wisdom. We will return next week, fate permitting.